still call providers, you know, to this day, even though we do get sort of more press releases now than we used to. Those are where, you know, our best stories come from, stories that other providers like to read. They like to know about they're not alone about being concerned about X, Y, and Z, or that they're not the only one struggling with this documentation requirement, or how come, you know, Joe Smith opened a re retail location and it's really working well for him, but I tried it and I failed. Like what things like that are really sort of have always been the, the bread and butter of HME News. You know, it's easy to take a press release and run with it. But that's, again, those are the stories that providers, you know, want to read and that we want to write because it's truer reflection of what's going on in the industry. Welcome to the first episode of 2020 of the DME Coach podcast. Happy 2020 home health care leaders, managers, executives, you name it, it's going to be a fun year. We start the year out with Liz from HME News. Uh, what a neat lady. I have known her for a number of years. She does the behind the scenes stuff for HME News. Uh, let, Liz is the editor of HME News, a business newspaper that covers the home medical equipment industry. It is really neat what she does. Uh, she gets us all the information. She's talking with local pro providers like myself and really puts it together. Uh, she doesn't just cherry code everything. She gets it in a very easy way to read and interact with, and it keeps us, keeps us up to date. So I just absolutely loved my interview today with Liz. And the nice thing is I, I was able to flip things on Liz today. She's always interviewing us. Today, I got to interview her, and she really, truly, is as nice and amazing as she comes off in this interview. So here is Liz, editor of HME News out of Portland, Maine. I am super proud to have Liz Bilu. Did I say your last name right? Is it Bilu? <laughs> Bollier. Bollier. I'm not even close there. <laughs> That's okay. Few, few people are, so it's yeah, it's a tough one. Okay, you are editor for HME News. You've had this position for like forever. And typically, I'm going to flip the table on you today. Um, I, I'm going to interview you and ask you uh, a few questions about yourself because you got to do this all day long. Uh, but quickly, uh, why don't you tell me, how in the world did you get into the HME industry? And uh, how did you get to work for a trade magazine like this? Yeah, so I went to um, I went to journalism school. You know, in college, I majored in journalism, and uh, out out of college, I got a job for a, a small um, weekly newspaper here in Maine called the York County Co-Star, which doesn't exist anymore. And uh, they handed me uh, at a newspaper. You often have a beat, and it's like a, a town. And they handed me the the Wells beat. Wells, Maine, is a coastal community down in southern Maine. And uh, off I went for a year and a half covering uh, all things going on in Wells, Maine. Um, you know, the big story when I was there, and it might even be a big story to this day, is the uh, dredging of the harbor. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the Army Corps of Engineers, and they were trying to widen the harbor. So uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, more, you know, boats could get in and out of the harbor more easily. Um, another big story I remember was uh, there was a family that was trying to privatize part of Wells Beach, which was contentious, as you can imagine. So Absolutely. Yeah. So work did that for about a year and a half. I had a colleague, um, I mean, not a colleague, excuse me, um, someone I went to 
college with, who was working at the company I'm at now, United Publications. And they sort of, you know, he gave me a heads up that there was an opening here. And, you know, working for um, a newspaper is fun and there's always something going on, but the hours are terrible. You know, you have to cover city council meetings, you know, until nine at night and then run to the office and write stories and, you know, cover this festival over the weekend. And so I wanted something a little more nine to five, which, um, you know, typically when you work for the for the trade press, you can you can pull off. So, uh, yeah, I interviewed and I actually started with a publication here called um, CC News, which was um, no, excuse me, IT Support News, which was a, uh, a business newspaper for for IT support professionals. And um, that sort of got folded um, when the um, the big bubble in what, 2008, the big, you know, yep, that, 2008. Yeah. Yeah, so that folded, and I moved over to, um, it, it just so happened that Jim Sullivan and Mike Moran, the former editors at HME News, had uh, a spot open up at the same time that they um, folded IT Support News, and so sort of shifted over and uh, started working for Mike and Jim, and have been sort of motoring along ever since. Wow. So welcome, welcome to the wild ride, and... That's really fascinating how people uh, just kind of even how jobs evolve over time. It's uh, and I have a little bit of a backstory. I'm not sure if I've told you this. My wife also was a trade editor for a trade publication uh, from 2002 off and on through 2008. So same thing. Uh, She was uh, working for a trade publication called Wireless Week. So that blew up as well, too, during that time. But it was one of those things like, you know. That's interesting. Really, really interesting. So, hey, um, I'm, I know you've listened to the podcast before. One of the things I love to do is I just kind of go over a general high and low for the week because, you know, we'll, we'll get into DME. We'll talk about this. But something I, I think people forget is we're normal human beings. We're parents. We're, we're, we're putting up the good fight. And I, I think a lot of people are like, hey, what, what's your high point for the week? What's the low point for the week? And I'll start, so I'll, I'll kind of prep you. Uh, my highlight for this week was, uh, it's kind of funny, I have a, I already have a bachelor's and a master's degree, but I got, I got readmitted to school. I'm going back to school at a university next month, so I'm super excited about that, and um, going to university um, to get a, a certificate in executive consulting, so it was one of those things, I was super excited, I got my school login this week, and I was like, man, this has taken me all the way back to 1995, the first time I went to university. So that was my highlight this week. And my low light this week, I had a whoopsie. I recorded a podcast and it went great. And then when my executive assistant was recording, he's like, Eric, you sound like you're in a tin can. What is wrong with this thing? And I had recorded and I had recorded the entire podcast on my Mac microphone. I had this gorgeous microphone and I hit the wrong button. So sometimes you just hit the wrong button and you waste two to four hours of recording and editing. So that was my high and low for the week. Um, how about you, Liz? Sometimes you hit the wrong button, I think is a good metaphor for no life in general. But, um, I, for a high, I, w- I had the pleasure of um, being at a uh, multi, mul- excuse me, multi-day uh, sort of leadership training um, event last week 
which, um, you know, I have never received any sort of leadership training. So that was really eye opening, um, eye opening for me and really energizing. And, you know, just, you know, it was sort of, a, you know, this is probably not an epiphany to you because you've been doing this leadership thing for a while now. But, uh, you know, this whole concept of, you know, who you are as an individual contributor does not necessarily parlay to, uh, you know, who you need to be as a leader. So that that's definitely been um, sort of eye opening, um, you know, for me in sort of stretching me and, you know, sort of what, what I do here a little bit. So that's been cool. Um, in terms of a low, um, you know, feeling like I can't get done everything I need to get done every day. That's kind of a cop out. But that's a big one that's sort of like rumbling below the surface all the time. But I would say more specific to, you know, to my work at HME News, um, you know, sometimes we'll get, you know, an email from a provider, you know, uh, just pointing out where we, we've sort of got something wrong. And that really hits you in the gut <laughs> when that happens. And that uh -huh. happened that happened last week. We wrote, um, you know, a company had sent us a press release, you know, official press release about an acquisition they had made of another company. Um, and, you know, the press release, you know, said that, you know, the company had, you know, acquired the respiratory assets of this other company. You know, when we get a, you know, we do, you know, a ton of reporting here, make a ton of calls. But when we get an official press, we don't write a big story about every acquisition in the industry. Right. So when we get a press release from the person who did the buying, you know, we sort of, you know, have to assume that, uh, you know, that that is pretty accurate. Right. Uh huh. You know, and the other company contacted us and said, you know, it, it was it was a disaster. You know, they they bought certain respiratory assets of the company. Oh, so, no. yeah. And so, the you know, the press release didn't say certain respiratory assets. It just said respiratory assets. So this had sort of a, you know, a waterfall effect for this provider. <laughs> You know, people, ju and I don't know how, why this happens, but, you know, some of their contracts were just, you know, automatically canceled. And, you know, they're oh, like, oh, no. we, we thought you went out of business, you know. So I, it was, that was a big, that was a big gut punch. Um, oh, you know, wow. technically, you know, we didn't do anything no. wrong, but it was, it was a good reminder that, um, you know, that even one little word can have a big impact and, you know, to really like cover your bases. Um, so yeah, that was definitely low. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry to hear about that, but it, it's encouraging for me. And I think sometimes other people to know, Hey, you're human too. I mean, you're not a robot. It's not, there are real people behind the scenes typing everything out. And like a lot of things, uh, you're not all knowing you depend upon what people feed you. And like we say at our med supply, um, bad data creates bad graphs, but if you have really good data and good things, Hey, you can rock it. So it's, it's one of those things. It, it applies to you as well, too. So, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong now, now I'm all going to be all sensitive. Now, did VTM take <laughs> ownership over HME news within the last year? And if so, uh, how come and, uh, how's that going? Uh, that is 
correct. Um, VGM did uh, acquire United Publications, so uh-huh. we have two two different publications here. HME News is one of them, and Security Systems News is the other one, and they cover uh, you know the security industry. Their readers are like you know the companies that come in and you know install security systems in people's homes or even like on a commercial level. So similar concept, but uh, sort of different industry. Um, so how have things changed since that happened? Or are they same old, same old? Yeah, it's status quo, really. I mean, even internally here within our company, and this is a little unusual for, this can be unusual for the trade press, but we've always had really church and state, you know, again, even internally between editorial and sales. Oh, that's good. Um, here, um, we don't do pay to play. Uh, you know, and I think a big reason why, BGM bought us was to, you know, maintain our voice in the industry, which is, you know, valuable, you know, which they recognize as valuable to their membership. So, you know, and that voice is, you know, reporting the news, you know, the business news in the industry. Um, and, um, you know, we're always, uh, you know, the, the provider is front of mind for us. You know, this, I didn't, I didn't create this, but this goes back a couple editors. But whenever we're writing a story, you know, we always ask, what's in it for Mario? And it could be, you know, what's in it for Eric? You know, what about this story, you know, will impact an HME provider? Mm-hmm. How, how are they going to look at, you know, all these things, um, you know, are still are still very much, you know, here. And we're, you know, it's, it's you know, business as usual. And and full bias on my side, I am a VG. My my medical supplies are VGM members, and we love VGM. And they and it's one of those things. I'm not pushing VGM, but they've taken really good care of us, and they take us as a small regional central Washington medical supply, and give us the benefit. And that's the great thing about a group like VGM. So it is. Uh, I was I was actually really happy to see that that happened. I'm like, good for VGM. They've done so many wonderful things for our industry. Um, so that that is just really really neat. Yeah. No. And they. You know. They've. Uh, you know. Been incredibly supportive and you know the the leadership training that i went through was you know through vgm last week so again you know i think the people who work here are getting opportunities to do things that they haven't had before which is only gonna you know help us grow the company and and make it better so let's let's jump to 2020 i'm still double taking next week's already February for crying out loud. What's uh, one thing, one thing or multiple things that you would love to learn in 2020? All of a sudden, I'm going to fast forward to December 31st. I'll say, Liz, what did you learn? So what's something you want to learn this year? Well, uh, we are, uh, um, podcasting is a, is a big one and we are going to roll out a podcast, uh, hopefully fingers and toes crossed next month, which as you said, would be February. Um, so that would be great. And I think, you know, we, we've already done a couple dry runs and it's definitely an art form. And, you know, we're used to we're used to being, you know, behind our laptop screens typing away or on the phone. So it's a little <laughs> it's a little bit of a different animal. But uh, I think, you know, we we had uh, we did a little podcast together. Gosh, it was probably a year ago now. But, yeah. you know, that sort of, you know, wet my appetite for this and. Um, so we'll be doing that this year, which I'm excited about. And our sort of take on it is, you know, I think it's going to be called HME News in 10. So it's going to be 10 minutes or less. And it's going to be Teresa and I, you know, chatting about, uh, you know, an issue or topic in the industry for like a few minutes and then calling in, um, 
you know, uh, some sort of expert or provider or someone um, to join the conversation. So just a quick 10 minutes, you know, that's sort of we, you know, wanted to keep it nice and short, something someone could listen to, you know, like you while you're drinking your coffee at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. So that'll be, yeah, that'll be exciting. And then just going back to the whole leadership, just, you know, becoming a, you know, a better colleague and, and, you know, and a manager here um, is those are the two big ones. Oh, I'm really excited for you. I, I, I'm like, about time you guys start a podcast. And one of my favorite things from my side, you know, being in a rural central Washington town, it's hard. I mean, I can only go to so many med trades or Heartlands or HME Business Summit. It, it's hard to travel a whole lot. And the thing I love about podcasts and even going to conferences is listening to people just talk and banter back and forth. For me, that's helpful because I get to hear the train of thought, which leads up to ideas because a lot of times you might get to the end idea, but how did you get there? Because that changes. And this is why I love podcasts. I'm such a, um, I I literally listen to well over an hour's worth of podcasts a day on all industries because there's so much to learn. So I'm really excited for that. So, uh, May you guys get rocking and rolling, and uh, you know, before we know it, you're going to be on episode 500, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> when do you listen to all those podcasts, Eric? I'm a curious. Lo- I do a lot of driving, so you know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an ATP. So, like on a typical day, you know, I have to drive here, drive there, drive there, and I try to redeem my time. So I do it when I'm driving frequently. Um, I do drive times, and then when I get up every morning. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's shocking. There's literally about two hours a day that I can redeem. So I use Audible all the time. I podcast. Um, Now, the downside is my Netflix habit has gone way down, but I am probably wiser for not watching as much The Walking Dead as I used to. Right, right. (laughs) So now tell me, what's, you know, you're on the other side. You're a reporter and you're reporting on our industry. Tell me, what's the hardest part about working on your side of the business? Uh, I think one of the hardest parts and but also one of the most rewarding parts is, um, you know, it's a very deadline driven, you know, um, job. And so while it's, you know, can be high pressure, you do get to see the results of your work fairly frequently. You know what I mean? It's not like, um, you know, someone working on a big project that, you know, that it won't come to fruition until six or nine months down the road. You know, there is a pretty high uh, reward ratio. Uh, you know, you have a monthly issue, you have a weekly HME newswire, you have, you know, a daily quota for, you know, uh, stories you have to post to the web. And so, you know, while there's a lot of to do and a lot of deadlines to meet, um, you know, it's difficult, but that's also um, rewarding. And then just, you know, I think in today's um culture just you know keeping up with the pace of news and the appetite for news i mean even in our little hme news industry there is you know a pretty steady uh you know pace of of news and you never run out of things to write about and you know if you had more time in the day you could keep going so you truly could it always is changing yeah not even you know some just not even um you know, just like the specifics of what's going on in the HME industry. But one of the things, you know, that we always like to do is take some of these macro things that are going on, you know, in healthcare in general, even in the world in general, and sort of applying it to our little microcosm. So, I mean, again, there's endless, uh, you know, story ideas. So that's, that's difficult. You know, what are you going to write about? What are you sort of going to table, you know, and then, um, 
And I think the other one would just be like, you know, not always writing about things people want you to write about. You know, I think one of the, you know, HME news sort of has a reputation in the industry for, you know, writing the news, you know, the good, bad and ugly kind of, uh, you know, which again is, you know, a little can be unusual, um, you know, just for the trade press in general. I'm not speaking about, you know, anyone specifically, but so I would say those are the hardest parts of the the job that, you know, you're sort of juggling all the time. Right on. And, you know, it's just one of those things you kind of have to, uh, you do have to write about the good, the bad, and the ugly, or even when you mess up. And um, I was, I was talking to our uh, owner yesterday and he's like, man, what do we do? We got one negative Facebook and I'm like, well, we got a negative Facebook review. And I'm like, well, was it true? He goes, well, it was kind of true. I'm like, well, then let's own it and talk about it. And he's like, really? We shouldn't just take it down? I'm like, you know, I think a lot of people, we all know there's negative things, even within our own companies or our own things. But I think what people are looking for is a chance to own it. Or even if something negative happens, how do we learn from what negative thing happened where I don't want to say where you spin it, but where you learn from it. And I I do appreciate that about what HME news does is you're like, Hey, this is what's going on in our industry. And if you say everything's perfect, uh, I just lived through the last 10 years. You're a lion. So even if you tried to do that, Hey, we all know what's going on, but Hey, that's life. Last I checked, um, all four of my kids, they encounter something every single day at school. So you know what? Might as well live in, uh, the real world. Yeah, I do. And I do. We've been challenged quite a bit. Uh, You know, the flip side of that, I think we get, you know, I think last year we got challenged quite a bit too for writing, you know, too much news (laughs) that was (laughs) negative and not writing anything positive. And, you know, we, you know, while we're sitting here and, you know, a lot of the news, you know, that has affected the industry in the past few years has been negative. And like you said, you can't stick your head in the sand and, not report on those things, but we did take it to heart that, you know, there is, you know, sort of a lot of, um, there are a lot of good things going on in the industry and a lot of good work that providers are doing and a lot of positive things, you know, about the industry. And that was a good, again, gut check and sort of to, for us to recalibrate, you know, and, and take a, a harder look at, you know, all the story, you know, the stories we're writing about more as a whole and sort of, you know, where they're falling on that spectrum. Absolutely. Now, so you, you are a reporter. Now tell me what makes your life easier from the reporting side of things? You know, obviously don't send you press releases that aren't a hundred percent accurate, that aren't going to be questionable, but what, what are you looking for from us providers? Do, do we send you off stuff? Do we wait for you to call us? What, what, what is like, would be your ideal situation? Yeah. I'm so glad we're talking about this, that, that the providers that we call to pick up the phone and talk to us. I Give think me that, a quote. Yeah, no, I mean, I think with the HME industry, I think it's come a long way, but it's never really been a big press release driven industry. It's just been, you know, because it's been this niche, you know, network of sort of, you know, smaller companies that don't have, you know, outside PR agencies or even necessarily an internal marketing person. So, we're used to, you know, we used to call it the, you know, we used to call it the cold call corral. Like, so to get stories, we would call like 10 providers a day for like three or four days and call them and ask them, what's going on? What are you concerned about? Have, what are you doing new with your business? Have you started any new programs? Have you uh, rolled out any new product lines? You know, and just to 
get a sense because we're sitting here in a small office in Yarmouth, Maine, what's going on uh, with with HME providers out there, uh, you know, in the country. So, um, you know, that I know everyone does email these days, but you know, those phone calls are 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 priced. We still call providers, you know, to this day, even though we do get sort of more press releases now than we used to. Those are where you know our best stories come from, and you know the stories that you know other providers like to read. You know, they like to they like to know about you know you know that they're not alone about being concerned about X, Y, and Z, or that they're not the only one struggling with this documentation requirement, or oh, how come you know Joe Smith opened a re- retail location and it's really working well for him, but I tried it and I failed. Like what you know, things like that um, are really sort of have always been the the bread and butter of HME news. Um, you know, it's easy to you know take a press release and run with it, you know, but that's, again, those are the stories that, you know, the providers, you know, want to read and that we want to write because it's, you know, it's a truer reflection of what's going on in the industry. So, um, but I love press releases. It helps keep, keeps us in the know. And, you know, the only other point I would make is that, you know, we don't need a formal press release, you know, Teresa and I are on email all day, you know, just email us and say, hey, you know, we, you know, notice this trend. Is this something that you're hearing other providers, you know, noticing or, you know, we're really struggling with X, Y and Z or, you know, or, you know, or, you know, tout your company. You know, we opened this, you know, retail location. We didn't know what to expect and we've doubled our revenue in, you know, two years, you know, Um stuff like that, just communicating us, you know, with us informally, formally, whatever. We just, you know, again, we're in this small office in Yarmouth, Maine, and the only way we're going to find out about things is if, you know, people tell us. So, Absolutely. And I, I'd i love for that to get out because, like, when I started, our first location was in Silo, Washington. Everyone's like, Silo what? Treetop apple juice is what's <laughs> there. But the, I, I understand that that goes out across the entire country. And it was a number of years before I even saw your publication. I'm like, this would have made my life so much easier. And I wish everyone would hear about you because it's one of those things every – even every city is slightly different. Every story is slightly different, which is both frustrating, but it's also encouraging. And the more we can hear from other people, it it really helps things out. So I wish, I, I hope for better or worse, more people flood you with interesting stories so you can write about them and then I can read them and apply them to um, my side of things too. So I, I really do hope that happens. Do you want more phone calls, more emails, or does it really even it matter? It does not matter. Just communication. <laughs> <It's good>. <laughs> <laughs> I tell that the same to my 16 yeah. year old daughter. I don't care. Just tell me where you yeah. are, who you're with, yeah. and are you safe? I'm going to stop so, short of sharing my personal cell phone number for texting, but uh, pretty much any any yeah. form of communication is, is approved over here. Right on. Right on. So uh, now, now I'm going to get into a total gray area. I'm only going to play this back if you're correct. What is your prediction for the home care, the home health care DME industry for 2020? So just the next ele- just the next 11 months, what do you think is going to happen? Now, like I said, if it blows up and doesn't work, I won't quote it. But if you're right, hey, we can play this thing back and say, man, Liz was brilliant. <laughs> well, I want to sort of start off by saying I really think this year is 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 sort of going to be um, an inflection point for the HME industry. Uh, you know, not only because of the, you know, the round 2021 rates that are supposed to come out, 
um, this summer. Um, but also because of some of the, you know, the, the bigger pic- picture trends that are going on um, in the industry that is sort of coming to the coming to a head. It seems like, you know, the larger players trying to wedge their way into homes, you know, CVS, the health health hubs that. Yeah, exactly. uh, consolidating payer sources, you know, the Centene Wellcare merger, you know, that was finalized in the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, we've been so focused on on um, Medicare over the years, but and you know, it, so many of these other things that are going on uh, are going to have big impacts on the industry as well. So um, I don't know. This is a tough question. I mean, I think in terms of round twenty twenty one, I feel like you know, I don't, I don't think there'll be a big decrease in the reimbursement rates. I'm hoping, you know, I feel most people feel I think, and let me know if you agree or not that they'll be stable. I don't know that they'll go up uh, a lot from where they they are. Uh, is that your sense, Eric? I I I think they're Good. going up. I'm, but I've always been very yep. bullish. Um, I, I I would be flabbergasted if they did not go up. I through thoroughly would be flabbergasted. My gut is, uh, I'll play this back if I'm correct. Fifteen to twenty percent. <laughs> really? I think, I, I think they will go. Yes, I do think they're going to go at fifteen to twenty percent. But I could be wrong. They could go down. Uh, could be five percent. I don't know. Um, but that that is just my general gut. Um, and I, I have no scientific data to back that up whatsoever. That's just my yeah. feeling. Yeah. So, but we'll see. We'll see. But we'll I think, see. you know, in terms of these other trends, you know, the larger players coming into the market, the consolidating payer sources, um, you know, I think there's, there's, um, you know, opportunity there for the, the providers. And I think some of them will step up to the plate to really up their game, you know, and that, you know, they don't, you know, sort of have to just you know, take, take it, take these things lying down, right? Like, you know, um, how do they elevate, you know, um, you know, their position in their communities or with payer sources and how do they do that through outcomes and, you know, data and, you know, all that. So it's, it's challenging, but I think it, you know, it could be an exciting year um, at the same time. It's it's definitely going to be exciting, and you just know it's going to blow up between September and December as everything finally is released, and we'll say, "Hey, Eric, you were right," or "No, Lizzie, you were right," or "Hey, I I had no idea." It, you know, just something's going to happen, and I'm just like I'm and right now. I'm just antsy because I'm like we're, we're stuck in this waiting game. It's like my kid waiting to go on vacation. It's like, okay, you're going to wait. Get you know nothing we can do about it now except for talk and prepare and plan and yeah, exactly. So tell me, uh, what's a question I haven't asked you that you wish I would ask you and say, hey, Liz, what about this? Hmm, I don't know. I think you've done a pretty good job. <laughs> You're a pretty good interviewer. <laughs> did, your, did your wife help you develop all these questions? <laughs> I, I go back to the old days when I was in high school as a sports editor for our high school uh, oh, newspaper. I also, I, I also just love news and I love journalism. And I, I thought about going into it until I realized I need to make more than yeah. like 10 bucks an hour writing for the local yeah. newspaper. So I, I, I I'm Here's sorry. A- I, 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 I'm just Here's intuitive. a good one. So what you, Eric, you know, as an HME provider and a reader of HME news, what's something that you wish we'd write about or something you'd wish, you know, we'd do differently or, you you know, 
my favorite thing that I come across when you guys do do this are individual stories, individual stories of someone who was fighting the good fight. They're leaving the cave to go kill something and bring it home. Cause that's kind of what we're all doing. And, you know, we're here struggling in each of our markets and, like I preach to all of my team members over and over and over again. I mean, grind it. We're out here to make a buck or two. We have to make money. But also, if we don't do what we do, grandparents don't get to go to their grandkids' soccer games because they don't have the equipment. They don't have independent mobility. So we get to do two wonderful things, and I love hearing those individual stories. It's kind of like I never planned to sell wheelchairs or be an ATP. My father-in-law asked me to start a medical supply back in 2003. So, and I think there's a lot of people like that. No one says, Hey, I want to grow up selling wheelchairs, but we have a passion for the community. We have a passion for family. And I love hearing that. And typically if you look at businesses, everything from like an Airbnb, there was a need. Someone came up with an idea and they fixed it. And they they came up with something really unique on how to build something. And those are my favorite stories that I hear from HME news. When you guys have a new product category, this works. And I love hearing, about the Smiths and the Jones and the Johnsons or whoever you're going to interview. I just love that. And that's my favorite part. I mean, data's data and, you know, things are what they are, but that is my Yeah, favorite. no, that's a good, you know, and again, that's one of the hallmarks of HME News. And, you know, that um, this is a good gut check for me. Again, we spend a lot of time sort of chasing, you know, all, you know, the competitive bidding news and what's going on there or are people, you know, adopting e- e-prescribing or, how is the standard written order going? You know, and those are important stories to write, but not, you know, forgetting that those other stories are sort, you know, stories that, um, you know, our readers like to hear is important because, you know, in terms of those other stories, you know, documentation changes and stuff that there's so many, you know, resources now for that information too. Um, so yeah. it's not like you're getting it, you know, you're not getting it somewhere else, but you know, story about the Smiths or the Joneses and you know, those, those are sort of harder to come by. Yeah. And it really is a both and because if you are totally innovated, but you blow off billing, you're going to go out of business via audits. But if you're so innovated, if you're not innovative enough, you're eventually going to die at the root. So it really is a both and you have to go both ways. And that's what I, I try to coach people like, hey, how are you innovating? But at the same time, what do you need to not forget what's coming down the pipe with mergers or pricing? You Right, it. right. So. Well, good. Well, hey, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me and kind of flip it around. And uh, I, I cannot wait for uh, your podcast to come out. I follow you avidly on Twitter. I don't I don't comment a whole lot because I hate putting words out there. But uh, I, I know you're going to share it on your Twitter feed. And I just can't wait to see some of the uh, conversations that you have, it's, it's just going to be classic. Cause I, I see your Twitter, uh, banter back and forth sometime and you, you are so wonderful with words and you're witty. And I like he- seeing, you know, you talk with other providers as well too. It's just, it's classic. So, uh, I, I'm just sure you're going to nail it. So thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me, Eric. 
Yeah. And uh, if someone does want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way again for them to reach out to you? Is just is it to go onto the HME News uh, dot uh, website and go that way, or what's the best way if they have a tip or they want to? Sure, tell you just email me directly. E for Elizabeth, followed by my last name B E A U L I E U at HME News dot com. And it's not Belu. Bollier. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. So, hey, thank you so much, Liz. Thanks, I appreciate Eric. Have it. Have a good week. I would like to thank Liz for being a guest on the DME Coach Podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'll, I will make sure to post the HME News Podcast as soon as they start that in the next few weeks. Uh, the more we can know about our industry, uh, the better we can take care of our customers, which is really what it comes down to. So I really appreciated that interview with Liz. And if you want to follow Liz on Twitter, I will also post her Twitter feed as well as her email address at the bottom of this podcast. So you can definitely reach out to her if there's something you'd like to tell her about her industry, because the more people she hears from, the better story she can tell. So until next week, as we are getting on the other end of the DME apocalypse, I hope you guys keep taking great care of your customers. If you're interested in any coaching, hey, reach, reach out to me at dmecoach.com. I would love to help you this coming year really get to that next level of taking care of customers, enjoying your job, and we are in an amazing industry here. Please stay tuned until next week. I had the privilege of spending three weeks in Europe and I drove my wife nuts. I did nothing but study durable medical equipment in the home healthcare industry my three weeks in Europe. So we don't have to do it like they do, but I'm gonna teach you what we can learn from Europe and bring it back to the United States, which will help you sell your equipment even better as whether you're in the state of Washington, the state of Kansas, the state of Alabama or California, you name it. I will help teach you how to improve your story based on what I've learned in Europe. See you guys next week.